0: Doug.
1: Hey, Karen. We're
0: back to normal again.
1: I know, separated.
0: Separated by miles.
1: Dates away from each other.
0: I know. It was so fun doing the In the Same Room podcast last week. I know.
1: We will we will have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Did any of you listeners uh, feel a special thrill having us together? In Even the same room? It's the, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was exciting. I think so.
0: And what was not exciting with season three, episode twenty four, to live and die in Malibu.
1: I think I disagree. Really? I do. Though the title itself is, you know, not misleading. No.
0: It was not misleading. I don't know. I felt I don't know. I felt like once again we're waiting for the payoff.
1: Well, yeah, I definitely think in most of these cases where we're trying to like put our stones in the road. But I think you're looking at this all a little too literally and not campy enough. Okay. Oh, that's what I think. Cause I think you have to look at it and like, this is ridiculous. This is outrageous. This is so nonsensical. I love it. Cause that is, I think how I ended up embracing it way back when. And that's why I, hold to it with such uh, ardor.
0: But I feel like if that's the case, like, I feel like then in that case, they didn't go far enough.
1: They can't go that far in every episode. Well, because
0: look, I can watch a telenovela like a motherfucker. I love them. And I love them because they are so over the top. And I feel like with Melrose, if that was what, like, I feel like they didn't commit all the way to the camp.
1: Yeah, I think they do, but but they're not wild in the way a telenovela is on a regular basis. That's for sure. I don't think any American network show could sustain that. At least not then. I <sighs> think they just be written right off.
0: I mean, you're probably right, but I think that that's where like I feel like or got off the pot, Melrose Place. If you're but gonna you go, like it. go full on camp, like just do it, do it, do it, do I think, it.
1: I'm curious when we get into like the middle of season four. I think that's when they finally, like, overstep and get too campy, and it gets so silly that that it's to the show's detriment. And then they ultimately overcorrect, and that's sort of the end of the series. So I think, like, they're walking a semi-fine line, and I see what you're saying, but I found myself really liking all of the implausibility of every storyline.
0: I think that <laughs> I would have, I guess I would have bought the implausibility if they, if they gave us more time with it. Like there was like in this episode, hold on. I need to consult my notes, the, note. the notes, the notes. I think I wrote it in like a margin. Let me see if I did. Like, it was just like, the, there were these moments of like, okay. At the hospital. This is going to be a big spoiler alert, (laughs) but, you know, Michael keeps flip-flopping between Amanda and Kimberly, Amanda and Kimberly, Amanda and Kimberly, and they have, and he and Kimberly have this moment, and then all of a sudden, Kimberly's being served with divorce papers, And Michael's like, I've wanted to do this since you came back into my life. Like basically since she rose from the dead. he was like, like, he was just like, oh, I don't want you. Like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. You dead person. And like it, and it just didn't like, I was like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And how can you go from like, okay, I get it. You got the, the money settlement or whatever, but it was still this thing that was going on that was like, it just, it was just, he was so flip floppy and it was like, they needed to spend more time on that to, to make it plausible. And then they could have like beat that thing to the ground with high camp. Like I'd have been like, okay, go. But I think that because everything sort of, it's like, it's like they just veer the show into a direction because it, it, it suits the, the storyline they want. They'll just like sort of like just turn it around. And, you know, again, we have absolutely, you know, we have the continuity issues and all of that.
1: I think that's exactly what the show did. Absolutely. And I think every single primetime show in the 80s and 90s and early aughts did that. Um, they were also working off of the eight-episode arc model. So they basically, I think, had writers that were focused on one episode of eight or eight episodes out of 22 or whatever it was. And um, yeah, I think you could point at almost every single primetime show, whether it's like, I don't know, Sisters or whatever it was, and I think you would find exactly the same thing. They were all to a degree inconsistent. Even like we've said before, I think the sitcoms were like – the children and grandchildren on the golden girls were never the same twice like that was totally permissible cuz no one was policing it the same way we do now um back in the day before peak tv
0: maybe maybe that's why i didn't watch much tv back then
1: it could be you were too sophisticated
0: i was too sophisticated for this shit
1: yeah you were like this is bad storytelling do not cloud my skills exactly don't dumb and me down don't and dumb you work
0: don't dumb me down. Okay. So let's dive into To Live and Die in Malibu, which by the way, I did not realize the beach house was in Malibu, not Santa Monica. That's a hike to downtown LA every day.
1: Yeah. The beach house was in Malibu. That's why I'm like, it's so far. They're coming and going. It's so far. And also I was like, you're renting the beach house in Malibu. Interesting. I thought it was Santa Monica this whole time. And that
0: made more sense to me, but like it's Malibu. That's like what, like an hour and something drive one way? Yeah. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. That's what I was
0: saying. I mean, one time when I was in LA, like, I was supposed to be meeting with this, um, this other publicist we were going to talk about, like, combining, you know, she would be, like, the West Coast agency, and I would be in New York as the East Coast, and she, like, forgot about the meeting and ended up late, and she was like, oh, well, you can come to my house in Malibu, and I'm like, are you kidding me? that's like an hour up the goddamn Pacific coast highway. I'm not going up there.
1: Yeah. Especially if like, you're already late. Like that's your day.
0: Yeah. I'm like, that will take, that is my whole day. That, that is my whole day.
1: Sounds like the most LA thing.
0: It was ever. the most LA. Oh, I have so many more LA things, but that was pretty well up there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, well, um, would you have driven all the way up to see Kimberly though? Cause I would have.
0: I don't know. She's kind of cray cray.
1: Oh, you don't say, yeah, you don't say, say.
0: I do say, say. Um, okay, so we start off uh, we we start off this episode at the hospital, and um, Amanda's still in dire straits.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really don't understand what is happening with this illness. Well it's let's see first, it's better, it's worse. It's only been happening for about six and a half weeks. I mean, it's really like, I don't know, in uh sense and sensibility. When the younger sister gets sick for a spell, and it's like you're really just waiting for a fever to break, and then it's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, this goes back to what we were talking about with with like you getting like the whiplash from these storylines. Because what, like two episodes ago, she was in New York begging for this treatment. And then she comes back and she goes to work and she's fine, but then she gets fired and all of a sudden she's like, you know, passed out on the floor of the Malibu beach house. Um, and, and, it, and, and now she's in the hospital and they think that she's about to die.
1: Right. And it's like, uh, so what happened exactly? And, and, and none of it is explained.
0: And she still has all her hair. Right. Right. And I Mike- mean, she could
1: look a little extra.
0: I know she could look wrong. a little bit sick, but no, they don't do that.
1: Yeah,
0: and and Michael Michael is like regretting the radical treatment he put her through. Like what? I guess that was the treatment from New- that she had in New York that took a day.
1: But that's the thing; it is guesswork. We don't know.
0: We have no idea. Which I mean, look, I don't need to like get a law school education when I watch Melrose Place. But it's just, like, I would like some plausibility. And I feel Um, like we get none of that.
1: To clarify, are you saying you need a law school education to practice medicine?
0: Oh, I'm sorry, a medical school education. At this point, (laughs) law school education probably would be helpful, too.
1: They all should go to law school.
0: I know. Um, But, yeah, like, I I don't need them to, like, send me to medical school here, but I would like some clarification. I mean,
1: just – yeah, just – Make it look like you have a general idea of like how, how you want this to progress.
0: Yeah. Like, how, like, somebody needs to know how cancer works. Right. Like, did they even identify, like, they, and they gave her a cancer. They identified what cancer it was. Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, somebody could have done a little bit of research and figured out, like, the reality of what this would look right, like.
1: Right. What are the symptoms? What are the treatments? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, embellish if you must, you know, but this is just, they're just like, you know, she's fine one day and then she's, you know, dying the next. How does that even happen?
1: I don't know, but she sure does get to maintain her bitchy side. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. So, uh, that's- yeah. That's Yes. Yeah, so we start with basically like that vigil for maybe dying Amanda. Yes.
0: And and Michael is bedside and Matt comes in and he basically tells him, You need to go home, dude. You've been here all night. You're not doing her any good. I will sit with her.
1: Of course, Ebo.
0: And so Michael was like, I mean, who knew? Matt was friends with Amanda. Um and Michael was like, Well, yeah, you know what? Kimberly's not home, so I can get some rest. Well, guess what, Michael?
1: Guess who's home?
0: Guess who's home? Surprise. Um, And so he walks in and Kimberly's there and he's like, but you're not supposed to be here. And she's got, I guess she's got like Amanda's things all around her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, and she's questioning him. Why is her stuff here? And he's, you know, again, making this stuff up. Oh, you know, she's, she's had a turn for the, whatever it was. Like she had a turn and she called me and she's psycho and she wouldn't leave me alone.
1: Yeah, still owning up to nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then she pretended to forgive him and pulled him in for a kiss and bit his lip. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And there was a lot of blood. Yeah, and this is still, like, before the opening credits. It's still part of a cold open.
0: Yeah, it's the cold open. And it was great. That was a good moment. Should we just, like, plow through this? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Even though this is the the storyline that ends with the cliffy.
1: Yeah, I think we can just keep going.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, so she bites Michael, leaves him there, and goes to work. Because we're next time we see her, we're at the hospital, and Kimberly's at the nurses' station looking for Michael. And of course, guess who shows up? You gonna guess?
1: Wait, I'm trying wait, guess who shows up looking for my- Matt? Wait, who shows up? The insurance guy. Oh, it was that early in the episode that he shows yeah.
0: up. Yeah. Well, I mean a bunch of stuff happened with like Billy and Brooke and like you know, and 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 a D and D but yeah, like this is like he's pretty early in the in their storyline.
1: Oh, so, yes, he comes in and, yeah. And
0: he's all confused because he's, like...
1: Well, I was confused, too, because he's, like, just showing up to hand-deliver this check. And I'm, like, I don't think that's how these settlements, you know, resolve themselves.
0: Well, yeah, but that's not how cancer works, either.
1: That's true. And see, and that's why you do have to go to law school.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he shows up and she's, like, well, I'm Mrs. Mancini. How can I... And he's, like, you look so much better.
1: Yeah, he's like, you look a lot different from when I saw you last time.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I'm so glad that you're up and out of the house. And she's all confused, and he's all confused. And then he's like, well, I have the check for your husband. And she's like, what check? And he's like, your settlement for the car accident. And she's like, I had no idea. And then And then she covers... For Michael and for herself, because he's standing there with a $100,000 check. And she's like, oh, he just protects me from this stuff. He doesn't give me all the information. And so the guy leaves her with the $100,000 check. And now she's got Michael's payout, basically. Yeah. It's Um, unfurled in her hands. Yep, it is in her hands. So... While Kimberly is taking the check, Michael is back in with Amanda. And now, guess what happened? She's turned yet another corner. I mean, this woman has turned so many corners, she's going in circles.
1: Oh, that's deep.
0: I know. So it's a miracle. She's turned the corner. And I guess she's awake at this point because Michael says, "I tells her that he loves her and wants to be with her." And Amanda's like, "I I just want to sleep," which I thought was great. Like he's like, "I love you. I want to be with you." She's like, "I just want to sleep." And then you know, and then like, so he leaves, and Kimberly ambushes him outside of the room, um, and confronts him about the check. And so, basically, Kimberly gives him this kind of ultimatum: you can have the hundred grand if you stay married to me and leave Amanda. Explain to me why she would even do that. Why didn't she just take the check and leave him?
1: That's what I would have done.
0: I mean, take the hundred K and walk away.
1: Yeah, she's like, I will give you the money, and you're an asshole who will stay with me. It does not. No, I
0: know. You, take, take the money and run. I mean, he's a, he's a scoundrel. Just go. Just go. And then he starts flip-flopping again, too. Like, he's just in there declaring his, like, you know, his love for Amanda and how devastated he, w- he, he would have been if he lost her. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, Kimberly. Right. You know, I mean, if it's that bad, like, he's a freaking doctor. He can make a ton of money. He doesn't need a hundred grand. All
1: right. The money itself for them is has not been an issue.
0: I know, and like you know, Amanda. If you really is going to be with her, she's a self sufficient woman. She'll land on her feet. Yeah, once she gets over this cancer stuff.
1: <laughs> the cancer headache.
0: The cancer headache. So so anyway, this was. I mean, this this was just like me getting angrier and angrier through this whole plot line because I was like, this is freaking ridiculous.
1: And it's reducing all of the most interesting characters to fools. I mean, you could say they're all fools on the show, but they're different fools. They're dumber fools than they were all along.
0: Yeah. And this is just something like, and why is Amanda even putting okay, well, Amanda will forgive because she's sick. Maybe she's just dealing with this because she doesn't feel good.
1: Yeah. She needs a nap. It's yeah. Fine.
0: Yeah. She just needs to nap. She just totally needs to nap. Um, I mean, there's stuff in the hospital with Amanda, but that it doesn't work in with the Michael storyline. Like when people go visit. Okay, we, can,
1: and shit. we can okay, we can um link that to one of the other summaries. Right, right.
0: And then so. So then there there just was, the, there were the, these scenes where it was just a lot of back and forth of, like, Kimberly saying, stay with me, Michael, and Michael saying, okay, and then Kimberly confronting Amanda, and then Michael going to, like, it was just, like, this sort of back and forth, and they were sort of talking about the same thing, because once again, now we have Kimberly in Amanda's room, and she's telling Amanda that she and Michael are back together, and Amanda's like, just get out of here, I don't even care
1: anymore, and then, like... like no. Those scenes aren't being played at all the way they should be. It should be really dangerous because Kimberly should have all the power over Amanda. Amanda should be frightened. It also, should matter to Amanda that she might lose Michael, who she never really has a grasp on or an interest in in the first place. She Nothing. barely looks
0: out from her newspaper. What's that? She doesn't even look up from her newspaper when Kimberly's in there having her like you know. Kimberly's on this tirade, and Amanda's just like flipping through the stock market,
1: whatever is...
0: You know, like, she's just, like, not yeah. even looking at her. And
1: she's yeah. like, whatever. Take Michael. I got to get ready for my next meeting.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then Michael comes in, and and Michael, like, tells Amanda, oh, no, my marriage is over. And Amanda's just like, yeah, so maybe you ought to talk to Kimberly about that. Like, it was just, like, this weird, like, and I'm like, what? Why? Like, why even bother?
1: Yeah, it's like they're trying to land... It's like they're, they're pilots trying to land a plane through turbulent weather, and it's like they're not sure how exactly they want to land the storyline. But the problem with this whole Michael-Amanda storyline is it never took off in the first place.
0: Well, there was no commitment for it to
1: take off. At the very beginning.
0: They they just did not commit to anything. Right. Um, so... Okay. So right after that sort of, that scene in Amanda's room between Amanda and Kimberly and Kimberly saying, you know, stay away from my man. He's my man. And and like all of a sudden, you know, in the, she's walking down the hallway in the hospital and some woman comes up to her and says, Kimberly Shaw. <laughs> and she's like, yes. And she hands her papers. And it's like, you've been served. And my, and it's divorce papers. Michael has her served with divorce papers,
1: divorce papers. But, but then it gets even worse when she actually confronts Michael.
0: Yeah. And do you, and his reason for divorcing her? Not-
1: because she couldn't give him a family
0: because she can't, because she's, she can't have children.
1: The family he always wanted, she can't give because she is sterile.
0: He, ha- he had it. They, they had a stolen baby. He didn't want it.
1: Right. Even when she tried to have a family, yeah. It's, it's, it's yes, it's uh, salt in the wounds, really.
0: Yeah. And, and so it couldn't have, like, it should have been irreconcilable differences. It should have been something. And this, to me, was also, like, Michael's a scoundrel, but I don't know that he is that mean.
1: Yeah. No, Do you know what
0: I mean? Yeah. Like, he's a scoundrel and he does all these terrible things, but that was just like, but he he's always done it to serve himself. And right. for his own self-preservation, but this was just mean. He could have just divorced her.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: You know, and that's when he says that he's in love with Amanda and and he and he's been pretending to love Kimberly since she came back from the dad and Kimberly is like on the floor sobbing and I'm like girl get yourself up and get yourself a new
1: man yeah i'm like Kimberly you're better than this and you're tougher than this right right and we find
0: Kimberly at home then we find Kimberly at home and she's i don't know she's got a bottle of something
1: it's a bottle of red wine and she and we got the camera is that crazy angles yep so we know more unstable than usual yep Yep. um and and she has written a a goodbye letter a suicide note to michael um and then she doesn't run into the pacific ocean this time um she just sort of collapses into one of the deck chairs
0: yeah she takes a handful of pills and Mm -hmm. swallows them down and um and Michael comes home to pack up his stuff and he sees her legs on the de- on the on the deck chair and he's like you know yelling at her I thought I told you not to be here and she doesn't respond and he goes out and he's and and he sees her and she's unresponsive and he gets the phone and he calls 911 and the operator answers and he hangs up
1: right very the little foxes of him very um,
0: stupid of him can they trace that call
1: Uh, sure yes sure they could he didn't star 67 it or whatever
0: right so they can trace that call and so he basically left her to die and he knew like he. like
1: later later a device to be replicated on breaking bad but yeah he leaves her to die it's first do no harm second let the bitch die yep
0: and 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 but he implicates himself he puts himself on the scene like, he could yeah. have had, like, a plausible, like, I didn't come home. I didn't get here until she was dead. You know, now he puts himself on the scene because he called 911. That was stupid.
1: It, 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 it was dramatically fun.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: he's... A big cliffhanger. Yeah. He's
0: leaving her to die, and this is how we end it. We do not know if she's going to pull through, if he's going to have a change of heart, or if she's going to be dead. Could yeah. go either way.
1: Yeah, this is why you gotta watch. Yep. This is why we gotta come back.
0: Ugh, god, but god like part of me is rooting on rooting her rooting her on to die.
1: So, to be done with the storyline or because you want her to go on to bigger and better things?
0: Both. I, but I really just wanna be done with the storyline.
1: For for what it's worth, we should also say it's another great uh, episode for Marcia Cross.
0: Yes, I mean I love Kimberly. I love what she does with her. I like the act, like, but it just is a terrible storyline, and it's a waste it, of her talent.
1: Uh, it, it 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 absolutely it is. Um, but even in even in its moment when it was airing live, I would have come back week after week to watch her because there was really nothing like her. She was so, so crazy and so unpredictable, um, that it was awesome to watch.
0: Well, you know, I mean, she is the most interesting or one of the, her instead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's the two of them. It's the two
0: of them them that bring, have you come back more and more. And for me, it's really Sid. I know for you, it's probably more Marsha cross, but for me, it's Loralee. And I'm like, every time she's got a storyline, I'm like, I'm there for it.
1: I feel like uh, Sid is a longer-term, better, more interesting character. Kimberly kind of burns bright, um, and then it's gone. Her
0: flame burns
1: bright. She's <laughs> an eternal flame.
0: <laughs> and now for the other storylines. So we have two other storylines in this episode. We've got, um, you know, Allison who's turned into a banshee at this point. And, yeah, and, yeah. and we've got some Jake stuff going on.
1: Yeah. So I told you a little bit last week about what was going to happen with Jake. So should we, oh, I don't know. I mean, all the stories are so not great. And yet they're so ridiculous. I was like, I enjoyed the episode. Um, let's do Allison, Billy Brooke because it's always better to get those out of the way. Yeah. So yeah, Allison is still a whirling dervish like just 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 nasty and overwhelmed and really sucking. <laughs> She's
0: terrible at her job. Once again proving she is terrible at her job. Yeah. So basically like Joe is I guess supposed to be doing a shoot. Once again, it's Glorious Gowns is back in town. Um, and, and Joe is like complaining about Allison when out before Allison gets to the office. I guess something fell through, um,
1: the, it was the location for
0: the shoot, right? Right. It was the location for the shoot. And I guess Joe thought it was Allison's fault. I don't, I wasn't really clear about why she was bitching about Allison so quickly. Um, but basically, you know, Allison blames Joe for the location falling through. And Joe's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to do your job. And, you know, and, and Allison is just sort of like pulling the, why do I have to do everything around here? Now I have to go cast models. And, and Joe is like, I will cast the models. You get the location, you know? And so anyway,
1: Right, but it's like they're all already convened in the office by the time Allison walks in. It's like how does everyone but her know that this thing fell through? Because they tell and she's like, "What?" No, in that way, like that we see a lot on her face where it's like this this crazy obvious thing has happened, and she acts like like she's the one who's being punished when it was probably her doing, right? Um, so, luckily, the 40-year-old intern, Brooke, has a solution.
0: Yeah, Brooke, Brooke saves the day, and she offers her dad's house.
1: Brooke also, I don't think, has her own desk. She's just always hovering next to Billy.
0: Yes, pretty much. And or is am- in the corner of Allison's office.
1: Or is packing things.
0: <laughs> is packing stuff in the corner of Allison's office. So, um, so Amanda tells Billy to go with Brooke to... S- check out this house to see if it's right. And so um so Billy ends up going with Brooke and he finds out that her dad is filthy
1: rich yeah she's like yeah we have like a modest house in pasadena but maybe we can use it and it's like acres and acres and acres like everything your heart desires
0: yeah like beautiful huge house beautiful pool there's a pool house like you know and it's like a stone with stone house with like what, what are those things called the, the spirally like the circular rooms that are up top Turrets. Don't. was it turrets
1: The the, the things that are on the outside. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that the. um, We're almost on the word. I don't know. It'll come to us. Anyway, so, and this is when Brooke starts really trying to reel Billy in. Spoiler alert, Brooke wants to reel Billy in.
0: Yeah, you know, she starts, she, like, walks him over by the pool house and is like, this is where I lost my virginity. Like, it couldn't have been too obvious. And then they, like, dip in and it looks like they're going to kiss and they're interrupted by someone. And she's like, oh, it's my fiance. And I'm like, seriously? Lowell. Lowell. Like, Lowell just saw all that. Lowell is a stupid man.
1: Yeah.
0: Lowell is just a stupid man
1: Lowell is a stupid man Who happens to be played by someone I've come to recognize Who? <laughs> then his name is Patrick Fabian And he had a recurring part on Veronica Mars But his big thing He is on Better Call Saul
0: Oh, I haven't seen that yet
1: Yeah, he's one of the main cast He's very good, in fact
0: Oh, See, I'm still working my way through Breaking Bad Understood Yeah, So I haven't gone to Better Call Saul yet
1: no, you haven't gone back.
0: I haven't gone go- back to Better Cost the Call Saul. So yeah, and then I think we go to So
1: D- well, D- so D- then there's D- the scene afterward in the office where Billy is pouting about the whole like blue balls thing that Brooke has, has done.
0: Yeah. And did you notice now like the office like is really busy. Like it's humming with activity.
1: Yeah, there's constantly people like milling around and walking back and forth. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like it's like um, it's like Allison like hired a hundred people in like a day.
1: It's H R, so I guess it was a very quick process. Yeah,
0: it was a very quick process. Or you know, they maybe they just like you know said had an open house and said
1: come get a job. Or maybe like Brooke, they're all interns. Oh, <laughs> that's possible. D and D the intern factory. So.
0: Brooke wants to take Billy out to lunch to celebrate the using her dad's house, I guess. I don't know, and and Billy's like, "Oh, I'm on a deadline," and
1: yeah, all of a sudden he's writing again. Whatever, yeah, whatever he's doing.
0: So he's on a deadline, and she's trying to convince him that deadline schmedlines. Um, and then Allison shows up.
1: Have we gotten to the flowers yet?
0: Did I miss something? No, we have not gotten to the flowers yet. Okay. No, that's later. Um, And Allison shows up, and somebody found out that, I guess Billy knew that Amanda was, like, in the clear. Like, she's now recovered, and he talks about going to the hospital later. And all of a sudden, like, Allison's like, well, I'll go with you. And I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And but then like Brooke is like, oh, I'll go too. And I'm like, you don't even know the woman, but okay.
1: And don't you have filing to do?
0: Yeah. And like, where's your like and don't you have a fiance to go hang out with? Like, it was all very weird. And then Brooke like disappears. And Allison is like coming on to Billy.
1: Yeah, she does another turnaround from whatever, a couple nights before, or whatever it was, when when she told Billy that it meant nothing, and now she's, like, going in for the kill again. It doesn't make any sense.
0: I mean, this is the thing. I was like, my notes say, why is everyone so damn flip-floppy?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely happening. It's
0: like nobody's staying the course here. Nobody is like you know, no one's working for anything. You know what I mean? Like it just, she's just kind of like hot and cold, and it's just it's it was getting. I was getting really annoyed. I was getting really really annoyed. So anyway, next time we see her, the whole gang goes to the hospital to visit Amanda, including Allison. Although Allison wisely. Gives the one rose that's like, you know, that she got in the hospital gift store um, to, to give to Amanda. She gives it to Brooke and basically says, give this to Amanda for me and tell her that I hope she's feeling better or some shit like that.
1: Right, right. Meanwhile, I think, is this the only Jane sighting we get? Oh,
0: it is the only Jane setting. Does she have any lines? I I'm not even did. sure she
1: does. Oh,
0: she does because she says that the the orchid is from her and Joe, and Amanda was like... Oh, you both had to pay, and like she was like the two of you.
1: Yeah, she's like yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and and Joe is like it was a really expensive orchid. Like it was
1: really funny. So Amanda, like fresh into her new semi-clean bill of health, however long this will last, is always like I want to see all the presents everyone got me. I want to see what people got. And it was like Amanda,
0: shut up. I know. I was like you almost died. Stop. Um, so, and, and Jake brought Amanda roses, but he dropped them off while she was passed out, apparently. And like, Matt kisses Amanda and is like, I'm so glad you're feeling bad. Like, when did, when did all these people love Amanda?
1: I know. Yeah. They, they These are not your friends.
0: I know. It was very weird. And then Brooke comes in and she mentions Allison and Amanda, of course, like rolls her eyes. And then she gives Amanda the rose and Amanda's like... Threw, like basically threw it back at her and was like, "I'm not dead yet." Right. So, so you know, now we know Amanda's like ginning up for a fight here.
1: Yeah, Amanda. I mean, Allison could have sent her like a pot of gold, and she would have been like, uh, "Don't you know I'm allergic to this?" Something like, "Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah." Like it's like game on. She's like, you know, Allison's screwed because Amanda's yeah. gonna come after her, and it's gonna be good.
1: Well, and Amanda is now realizing she might have an ally in this cause.
0: Well, yes. Now, I guess it's the next day. We're at Brooke's dad's house. The shoot is happening, and Allison is once again being a tyrant.
1: Yeah, she's really, really clueless and in over her head and lashing out at all of her responsible colleagues yeah
0: and then billy meets brooke's dad and he's some sort of fancy something and that's when we find out billy's the vice president
1: <laughs> i think we knew this
0: i don't think we knew did we he know he was a vice
1: president act, but he doesn't act well i can't remember if it happened with amanda or if it was like caitlin randomly said it when those two episodes when she was on the show well they never demoted he, him, but he's still you know at the cubicle
0: I know he doesn't even have his own office though but he's the vice president I was like what so um so that's when Al- Allison steps in I was like well you know he's vice president because he was engaged to the president and that's me you know and it was like this sort of weird thing and then Brooke's dad is like oh so then my daughter works for you too and then somebody said something about intern and he's like she works really hard to not have a real job and, and Allison was like, oh, well, she's hired. I was like, yeah. <laughs> "I was like, good Lord, HR, HR. So basically, you know, the 40-year-old intern is now, now has a real job.
1: Yeah. That's I don't know how, if it's account executive or what, but sure.
0: Doesn't matter. That's not, that is not how internships
1: work. People. It is. It is not.
0: It is not it, how
1: work. It's works. also not how companies work.
0: No, and like the weird thing is too. Like Allison kept referring to her as the intern or my assistant. Like it was completely interchangeable. Like they were saying, yeah. And it's like, well, she's not your assistant if she's the intern.
1: That's that is true.
0: So anyway, once again, going to show you, Allison has no idea what she's doing, and then she like goes after Joe because you know. It's, it's it's, she says the shoot's all wrong and Joe is not following her vision. And Joe's like, You never told me about no damn vision. And they're like getting into it. And basically, Joe basically is like, Allison, you're in over your head and you don't know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, uh, is there a scene where Joe says it to Jake where she's like, Say what you will about Amanda, but even she was better at this or something like that?
0: I think she said that. Last week? I, no, I think she said that in the office to Billy.
1: Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like,
0: I think she was like, say what you will about Amanda, but like, you know, Al- Allison can't do this job, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think that she said that to Billy.
1: And, um... Oh. Well, then after that is when um, Allison and Joe come back to Melrose Place together, and Allison's all of a sudden acting normal and chummy again, and Joe's like, What the fuck are you talking about? Leave me alone. You're horrible. And Allison has that wide eyed look again. She's like, What? Joe, I was just blowing off steam. No, Joe, it's fine. No, there's no problem. And Joe's like, Good night. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, well, I loved it because Joe called her a self centered ass.
1: Yeah. I was like,
0: That's an, yeah, she is. You're not wrong, Joe. You're not wrong. You're not
1: wrong. You know, and they don't bring it up, but remember, Allison, you're the reason Joe is not with her kid in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that whole debacle with the baby, that was Allison's fault. Yeah. So, moving on, um, we go back to D&D the next day, and there is a huge bouquet of flowers on. I guess Brooke has a desk now? She will not be hovering? She has her
1: own, yeah. Um, and, and I the, wonder if it's Allison's old desk.
0: It probably is, because... I think it's- That would make sense. Um, And so... Brooke has... Brooke's like, oh, they're from my fiancé. But then they pan into the note. right? And it's actually from Amanda.
1: Right. So I thought that she had this whole scheme where Lowell is not really her fiancé. She's just using it to make Billy jealous until she can land him. But I think he actually is, if my memory serves, her fiancé. And we just eventually don't see him anymore. Um,
0: well, that would be right, and that would make sense with the way that the show treats these right, storylines, right. yes.
1: Um, but in this case, it isn't like she has sent these flowers to herself. Amanda has sent them.
0: Yes, Amanda has sent these flowers and um, and I think it, it said something like, come see me at the hospital or something like that. Yeah, you know, And so basically, Brooke shows up and um at the hospital and Amanda basically says she's gonna go back to D and D and she's gonna get her old job back and um and she wants Brooke to spy for her. Why she targeted Brooke, I have no idea.
1: How she would have known enough to think about that nope, doesn't there's no there's no, uh, there's no way, there's no explanation. Uh,
0: because, you know, for all we knew, it was like Brooke was the reason why Allison got that award. Like, Brooke was the one that put, the, put that train in motion, and she basically sabotaged Amanda. So for Amanda to turn around and sort of align with Brooke or get Brooke to align with her, I thought
1: was really, really weird. It is weird, but I um, am there for it, as the kids say, because it yields some good shit.
0: I'm there for it too, but I just thought it was a little bit strange. But you know, again, everything is strange on this episode. And then we finally have dinner with Brooke and Allison, and Billy and Lowell.
1: I'm
0: like, why? And she, and Brooke is like feeling Billy up under the table. Um,
1: and then she, she follows him into the men's room.
0: Chases him into the men's room, is trying to make up with, make out with her, and he and he's like, and she says like her fiance is a business deal. And then, you know, for her dad, like her dad, like it was like an arranged marriage or something. And then someone interrupts them and she, and she leaves and that's it. And like, okay. So we know that she's got her eye on Billy. Why? I have no idea, but she does. And she's going to somehow sabotage Allison's work at D and D. Although it doesn't seem like she's going to need to work hard to do that.
1: Uh, Correct. (laughs) Ugh.
0: God. That was that.
1: That was a, a lot of that. I think we can sum up the remaining storyline a bit more concisely.
0: Yeah, because that was Jake and Jesse. Yep. Yeah, Jess, right? And Jess yep. is back. Jess shows up in LA. Like, they could have given them a little bit of breathing room.
1: In what respect? like,
0: like The last episode, they had this sort of, I guess, kind of made-up moment, but not really, and then they, like, and Jake is, like, coming back to LA, and then all of a sudden, like, in the first, like, five minutes of this episode, Jess shows up in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, like, there they, there there should have been some breathing room, there should have been some time between him coming down, like, it just was kind of, it was, again, like, it's just one of those things where they're just racing through to get, like, To just make shit happen, rather than letting the storyline kind of evolve. There ain't no slow burns on Melrose Place.
1: No, no, not in a show where they actually bomb their titular building.
0: Yeah. So... I guess it's just all this weird stuff where he's like he well, wants he to stay com- in l a for a while sure. right
1: yeah he 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 comes to like be a part of jake's life and and he's very weird about it, and he shows up at the bar, and Jake's not there, it's just Sid. But Sid ever trying to get back into to Jake's good graces is like, "Oh, this is a half brother. He didn't tell me about him. Hey, I could take you right to Jake's door at the apartment. Of course, it's the last thing Jake really wants." So Sid shows up. She's like, "Guess who I found? It's your half brother, Jess." And Jake's like, "Another thing you fucked up, Sid." "All right, I'll handle this. Thanks."
0: Yeah, I, I- loved how he like closed the door in her face like when she was trying to come in and to join them and he just like was like, "See you later." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, poor Sad.
1: Poor Sad. I could hear the, the notes turning. turning and so, notes. because because Shooters is like a halfway house for everyone and Jess needs a job, Jake is like, All right, sure, you can work there too. And, and, and sleep there. Doesn't take long before he really starts to show his true colors and Sid catches him going through all of Jake's files, which who knew Jake had that many old files. I know.
0: And so he makes up some excuse to make sure, you know, he wants, he's making sure that, Jay, that nobody's stealing from his brother, which the implication is that maybe Sid is. And, and then, you know, Sid, Sid strikes back and he basically says, you stay out of this or you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and I guess... And then, like, Jake and Jess go surfing. Surf. And, and Jake kind of, like, lets him in a little bit more. And he's like, why don't you stay at my place? Because Jess was, like, crashing in the office. Just how he had access to the files. And so it's like he's worming his way into Jake's life and Jake's trust.
1: Right. And because Jake is stupid, this will not go well. Right. Right.
0: And so... um uh, and this is you know against really um Sydney's better judgment at this
1: point. Yeah, it's true.
0: And I guess we shall see how far Sydney will go to protect Jake.
1: Um yeah, and I I uh, don't think it will be enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh really?
1: Yeah, also Joe, you better watch out. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, this storyline will end up including Joe as well.
0: Oh, Joe. Joe should just go back to New York at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, moving into Melrose Place is the worst thing that ever happened to her.
0: I know. Maybe she should take Matt.
1: She Not maybe, she definitely should.
0: She should take Matt. She, her and Matt should move to New York. Yeah. there were still affordable apartments back then, too.
1: I think, I think Matt could find a scene, yeah.
0: I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. Good social workers are always in demand.
1: <laughs> I think, actually, that's not the case. Oh. They just should be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he's got this hospital experience now.
1: It's true. And he's basically like the social worker of all of greater Los Angeles.
0: So how many more episodes do we have through this? Um,
1: I think eight.
0: Wackadoodle. Okay. So, so we're, we're starting to, we're over the hump and we're moving towards the... We're speeding yeah, towards. I
1: feel like I feel like by now they are really laying the groundwork for each of like the final storylines. Okay. Jess is here through the end of the season. Brooke is here through the end of the season. Kimberly is whacked out through the end of the season. So yes.
0: Okay. All right. So that. Uh, and we
1: before I forget, I just want to say, uh, you know what today. April 22nd, not just Earth Day, but it's something else, too.
0: Okay, what is it?
1: It was Aaron Spelling's birthday. He would have been 96 today. Oh, wow. He's not because he's dead. But, right. But know, happy birthday, Aaron Spelling. Happy, happy birthday, father of, of Melrose Place and 90210 and the nighttime soap universe as we knew it and loved it.
0: Yes. Okay. So that be the episode, and I guess we'll head to Hollywood Boulevard
1: next. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, again, you can find us on our Facebook page, Back on the Block Pod. And uh, you can also rate us very highly and kindly on iTunes.
0: And and you can visit us over on Hollywood Boulevard, where I think we're just going to be hitting Broadway, really, today. Yes,
1: tis the season, and this is going to be uh, one of uh, a couple different uh, episodes where I think we talk a lot about the the stage work we have seen recently, and uh, we'll be joined on the boulevard uh, by a special and uh, frequent guest star.
0: <gasps> That's right, we have a special guest.
1: That's right. It's not Heather Locklear. It's someone way better.
0: It's way better than Heather
1: Locklear. So uh, join us to roll on over to Hollywood Boulevard.
0: Hit us up over there.